Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up and welcome in. Yes, it's the opening lines here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back. We are back for another edition, another season of the opening lines. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Humans alongside as well. Week one, essentially in the books, waiting minutes of the Rams and Chicago Bears contest. It's a part of week one. But Matt Humans, we look ahead to the next week of National Football League action. So we'll get to look at what's happening in Sunday Night Football and the end result there. But we look ahead to next week, humans, and let's start with some of the high-profile games as we have up on the board. And I, I think there is probably one place we should begin with some of these high-profile games. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens. That'll actually be our Sunday night game next Sunday. So let's start there because we had an opening line actually last week. And this is the interesting part about opening lines is you get to see the results from the week, right? And then see what those results have done to the number. Not a massive change though, is the overnight or look ahead line about Kansas city two and a half. And that's where we're at right now on the road with a total of 55 and a half. Uh, you know, these teams played last season and the chiefs beat the Ravens in a runaway in Baltimore. And it looked worse than the 34, 20 final score. That was a blowout. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to see a repeat performance uh, from the chiefs in week two. It's, it's eerie, JVT, how similar the schedule is and the situation to last season at this time when the Chiefs went to Baltimore and, and uh, boat raced the Ravens. I, I thought the KC defense showed a lot of weaknesses uh, today against the Browns. And um, that aside, I, I, don't, I don't see many reasons to, to bet against the Chiefs at this point because right now the Ravens are just a, a beat-up team on the offensive side of the football. And I think... 
If you're going to play uh, Baltimore, you have to wait until the Monday night results just to see what happens here. At this point, nobody's going to take two and a half with the Ravens. Would you? Uh, no, because we no. haven't seen them yet. But I you will would, say. You would want to get the full three points or wait to see wait to see what transpires Monday night when the Ravens play the Raiders in Las Vegas because they are beat up on the offensive side. Now, if they go out and Lamar Jackson looks great and they route the Raiders, you're not going to get the full three points in this game against the Chiefs. But if you like the KC side, I would lay the two and a half right now. You know, and I, I would say this, it, you know, what today reminded me of for Kansas City is they barely by, uh, got by the Cleveland Browns. I mm-hmm. uh, had to come back from a uh, relatively sizable deficit, 12 points down, 33 to 29, though the final score there. Go back to last year. So they beat the crap out of the New York Jets. Uh, this was week eight, right? They beat them 35 to nine. The rest of their games, they went on to win quite a few more. Uh, but from weeks nine all the way to week 17, this is a team that didn't cover or spread the right. Kansas City Chiefs. This is a team that was consistently in one-score games, kind of playing with their food, for lack of a better term, and just getting by the skin in their teeth. This is what today kind of reminded you of, is Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden, hey, let's turn it on. Let's get this offense going. Let's start to make some splash plays. And the Browns have some questions to ask about their offense as well, I think, as they got mm-hmm. kind of stuck in neutral. But th- that is, I think, the, the worry about a team like Kansas City, especially laying points on the road, against a motivated team, by the way, that hasn't beaten them, right? Lamar Jackson is over against Patrick Mahomes right, and the Kansas right. City Chiefs, is that this team has its weaknesses that you pointed out, especially against the run. The other part is that this is a team that I think is power rated very highly, but you're not getting consistent performances from. Yeah, but at the same time, the Browns, I thought, came out and fired right away today. They they were ready to play, and uh, the Browns should have won that game. The fact that the Chiefs came back to win it, uh, I think, says a lot about how talented they are offensively. They won that game 33-29, laying five and a half. Sure, they didn't cover the number, uh, but the Chiefs were in a big hole. And uh, at one point, it looked like they probably were not going to come back and win the game. I just go back to last year's matchup. When we look at this week two, the Chiefs went to Baltimore. They were up 27-10 at halftime. They made the Ravens look bad in that game. It's not too often you can make the Ravens look bad in Baltimore. So I I think it's for week two. It's uh, And again, when you look at these, you're going to hear the word overreaction way too much in the next 24 hours, Mm -hmm. right? It's overreaction Monday. Everybody... It's got to try not to have knee-jerk reactions to what you saw in week one. I'm just going back to what I saw a year ago when these teams faced off, and that's why for me it's going to be the Chiefs or pass because I also think there's a good chance the Ravens are going to lose Monday night to the Raiders mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, as beat up as they are on the offensive side of the football. and It's a tough environment to go into Allegiant Stadium tomorrow night, and I think the Raiders are set up to uh, pull off the upset there. So. If you like the KC side, like I said, I, w- I would lay the two and a half now. It's not going to surprise me if the Chiefs are, you know, full three-point favorites or, you know, who knows, might even be three and a half if the, if the Ravens look bad and they get beat Monday night. Yeah, the matchup to watch for that one as we move forward. But 5.9 yards per carry for the Cleveland Browns today, right. 153 yards, four touchdowns on the ground, two going to Nick Chubb. They're going to take on a pretty good running game next week in the Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on to the defending Super Bowl champions who get some extra time to get ready for their next <laughs> opponent. Might not be the sexiest game, but the Tampa Bay Bucks are a public team and a team that the market thinks highly of humans, and they're doing it again here. The look-ahead line for Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Last week, Tampa Bay minus 10.5 with a total of 52. We are Ray hung after the results of week one. Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. 12.5 with a total of 52.5. Falcons, of course, go down today to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in less than glorious fashion. 260 yards, 4.1 yards per play, 21.6 yards per drive. But this is a pretty big number. For a Tampa Bay team whose secondary did not play well, it's going to be without Sean Murphy bunting. Mm -hmm. And 
has a very inflated sense by the market of how good they really are, as you can tell by this number, after what you saw from their defense on Thursday night, yeah. and yet still bumping them up two points against this Atlanta Falcons. I understand the bump up because of how bad the Falcons look today. Mm-hmm. And it's not just how bad the Falcons look today, JVT. I didn't think the Falcons were any good coming into the season. Yeah. So I'm not overreacting by saying, hey, the Falcons stink, because I thought they stunk before this weekend, and they showed me nothing to change my opinion in that blowout loss uh, to the Eagles today. So as much as I would like to sit here and say, well, this line's inflated, it's an overreaction up to 12 and a half, I think this number's going to 13 or yep. 13 and a half uh, by the end of the week. And that's not going to surprise me. But who wants to buy stock in the Falcons right now? Nobody. Nobody does. Two red zone drives at the beginning of the game against Philly. Dave Tooley might. Yeah. He might be yeah, the only guy who's looking dogs. to take the 13 and a half out there. But those two red zone drives and then nothing after that. You get field goals and that's about it. And then you can't do anything from there on. With the weapons that they have offensively, good from 20 to 20. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, absolutely nothing for Atlanta. I mean, this. <clears throat> I think this is a game where the Falcons are going to show more offense. But I also think they're going to give up 30-plus points. <laughs> so if anything, maybe you look at over the total in Falcons-Bucks. I, I do think they've... They have some, uh, like you said, some weapons on the offensive side where they can get on track and they can score some points. They're not going to look as bad as they did today every week. But <clears throat> I'm not at the point where I want to take points with the, you know, you know how I bet the NFL. I'm not going to lay double digits. Just not going to do it. You're not going out to lay 12. But at the same time, I'm not going to bet the worst teams in the league every, every week. I'm, I'm not going to be taking the uh, Falcons and the Jaguars. Those are, those are not sides that are going to fill my card. No, they're not. I mean, but good teams might, right? And the Los Angeles Chargers, arguably a very good team, who got a very big win. And let's talk about this because the Chargers are going to play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Look ahead line last week. Chargers, three-point favorite with a total of 50. They get a 20-16 to 16 win over the Washington football team today. We'll talk about the injury concerns for Washington moving forward. Chargers, though, we've seen a little bit of a market shift, not a big one, but they're under that uh, key number at some spots. But we'll call this three with a total of 52.5 next week when they play host to the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting situation here. The Cowboys are going to be without Lyle Collins on the offensive line. He's been uh, suspended. And uh, the Cowboys should be getting Zach Martin back, right? So it's, yep. I, I think the Cowboys' offensive line should be in better shape as Zach Martin coming back. Dak Prescott can't put the ball in the air 50-plus times every game. The one thing I think about the Cowboys, they tend to play better in the road dog role than they do in the home favorite role. And we saw that last week against the Buccaneers. There weren't too many people walking the planet who thought the Cowboys were going to show up and beat the Buccaneers Thursday night, and they probably should have won the game. Uh, so I like the Cowboys better in the road dog role. I like the Cowboys better off a loss. I think they showed a lot of positive things, even though their defense gave up 31 points. I thought the Dallas defense looked better. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tampa Bay's got a lot of weapons offensively, and Tom Brady played a near flawless game. I thought Brady looked about as good as ever uh, Thursday night. Chargers off a win on the East Coast were – I wouldn't say it was a convincing win. Justin Herbert looked uh, looked pretty good, but I, I probably will look to take the Cowboys on the three here. And it's not an overreaction to what the Cowboys did on Thursday night. I prefer to play the Cowboys, like mm-hmm. I said, in the road dog role. And uh, the Chargers, JVT, have never, never been good in the home favorites role. Going back to uh, Phillip Rivers' entire career, and uh, you saw it last year with Justin Herbert, too. So... Uh, that's just that's one of the ways I handicap the NFL, and we'll see if it plays out that way. I think the Cowboys are live here as road dogs getting full three points. Yeah, a, a less than impressive win, but an impressive final drive for the Chargers today. Mm-hmm. 15 plays, 72 yards. They got the ball back with 6.43 left, and they never gave it back to the Washington football team. And they got team. screwed by the officials on the fumble call. 
Yeah. D- didn't you think that was a, a bogus call on Justin Herbert? Where it, yep. There's that. How is that not an incomplete pass? Yep. And that's a fumble through the end zone and a touchback. So I don't believe that Washington deserved to win the game. The Chargers deserved to win it. As we move forward, yeah. then uh, one game, one team that didn't deserve to win it all, and they didn't, Indianapolis Colts, uh, who took one on the chin today, 28-16 to to the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Carson Wentz, surprisingly, look, we knew about the issues at left tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that offensive line looked really porous, humans. Look ahead line here was Rams minus three. Rams are currently in action right now. They're going to win this game against the Chicago Bears. Less than 60 seconds left to go. Time ticket away. They're up 34-14. to Indianapolis on that look ahead line, though, catch it about three. We're up to four with a total of 47 and a half. I'd expect that to get to four and a half. Yeah, I think so, because the Rams look good on Sunday night. They're hitting some deep balls. Their offense looks explosive. Nothing you saw in the Colts today makes you want to run to the window or jump on the app and bet the Colts this week. Uh, I think I think at four, I might give the Colts a look, though, because now that they're starting to get healthier, I think you're going to see a lot of improvement in the way the Colts play from week one to week two, and that's true with a lot of teams. The Colts are better than what they showed today. Would you agree? Uh, I would. I would, I would hope so. I would I hope, hope so, especially if they start to get healthy yeah. along the offensive line. Uh, yeah, what what is, was wrong with the offensive line play today? Just the guys hadn't had much time together in camp in the preseason because they were out of sync. That line should be one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Yeah, they do have a whole left tackle, but yeah. uh, even if you have a whole left tackle, you should not be that bad against one of the worst <laughs> pass rushing units in the Seattle Seahawks, right? Who right. don't have a true edge rusher, and you have a pretty good interior pass rusher coming right now, and Aaron Donald. So that's final thirty-four to. 14 Los Angeles Rams get the win over the Chicago Bears. When we come back, we'll roll down the rotation as we look ahead to week two of the National Football League. We get an NFC East battle on Thursday night. The Washington football team potentially without Ryan Fitzpatrick taking on the New York Giants, who looked absolutely awful in their loss to the Denver Broncos. Look ahead line was five and a half with a total of 43 and a half. We'll tell you what the adjustment is on the other side. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart Journalism 
fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You'll also get West Wendell's phone number, so you can call him whenever you want for tips. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 a month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, week two is essentially upon us. Everything is in the books for today. We have one more game left. That'll be Monday Night Football. So let's roll through the rotation. Matt Humans give you some opening lines for the next week of the National Football League. We start with the New York Giants on the road, taking on the Washington football team. A hip injury knocks out Ryan Fitzpatrick in their loss, the team, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Tyler Hennigke comes in, does a decent job mm-hmm. for the most part, gives them a shot at least. Uh, right now, the look ahead was Washington football team minus five and a half with a total of 43 and a half. We're currently sitting at... Washington minus three, actually, no, I'll call, I'll call it three and a half or four with a total of 41 and a half. Yeah, how about Joe Judge today? Uh, challenging a scoring play through the challenge play, flag on a scoring play. As an NFL head coach, you have to know the rules. <laughs> that was not very good. Uh, that was inexcusable for uh, Judge to screw up uh, like that. So for me, the, the power rating difference between the quarterbacks here, you're talking about Ryan Fitzmagic or Taylor Heineke. I don't downgrade the Redskins at all with a Heineke quarterback. Kind of fact, minimal, right? Yeah. Huh? I say I would agree. My kind of minimal. I think it's the same. It's the exact same offense, same power rating for me. Doesn't make a difference. Uh, at the same time, I was disappointed in the uh, Washington defensive front today. Didn't put a lot of pressure on Justin Herbert. I thought there was uh, the defense was exposed a little bit, which was a surprise to me. And uh, I would not lay more than a field goal with Washington here in this spot. I, I think the Giants. Man, the Giants, they're, I think, at a crossroads with uh, Daniel Jones. If he continues to turn the ball over, yeah. they're going to have to look for a new franchise quarterback. At this point, he can't, uh, he can't continue with the, with the turnovers. But again, I, I didn't see anything in Washington today that would make me want to lay more than three points 
uh, with this team. But it's not, a, again, not a downgrade for me with uh, Taylor Heineke, quarterback. Yeah, Daniel Jones, a lost fumble today, did not throw an interception, uh, but only 7.2 yards per attempt of the Giants themselves, only 5.3 yards per play as a team. And these are the games that the Washington football team defense really thrived on last year with that front seven in these NFC East contests. You know, one other thing I should point out, the lost fumbles the thing that bothers me because yep. we've seen that. What's Daniel Jones got now in his career? 18 lost fumbles? Uh, somewhere in, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's yeah. way too many. Jason Garrett is a complete bust as offensive coordinator. And I, that might be the biggest problem the Giants have right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrett is, is doing nothing creative with that Giants offense. And, uh, and, and these are two teams. Well, not a lot has changed in the NFC East from last season. The Eagles look okay with Jalen Hurts, quarterback today. I thought the Cowboys looked, a lot of, uh, looked uh, much improved Thursday night. But again... Uh, Giants and Washington look like pretty much like the same teams to me uh, that they were in 2020. And this is not, uh, uh, to me, this doesn't look like a great betting game on Thursday night. Now, we talk about adjustments off of results, and a lot of the times, and myself, you talk about overreacting, right? I like to look at look at headlines from the week prior, mm-hmm. see what the result was, and see if the market's overreacting here a little bit. Now, in this instance, don't think the market's overreacting, because I think the market was wrong here in week one, and that was pretty clear. Denver is going to go on the road now to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look ahead here with Denver minus three with a total of 43. Well, Jacksonville was a three-point favor of their own right today on the road against the Houston Texans. They got smacked. 37-21 to 21 was not indicative of how distance this game was between these two clubs. Now Jacksonville has to take this anemic offense and take on a much more talented front seven in the Denver Broncos. Yes, they're at home, and yes, they get you know the weather, the heat, humidity, whatever it was. Trevor Lawrence with a few turnovers in this game through three interceptions yes. in this contest. James Robinson had a fumble, although they did recover it. Sloppy effort from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the market has adjusted with Denver now being a six-point favorite on the road in this spot against the Jacksonville Jags with a total of 44. Yeah, the Jags are every bit as bad as we thought they were. Nope. They're exactly who we thought they were. Their offensive line's soft. If you can't run the ball, Trevor Lawrence is going to look bad, and that was the case today against the Texans. They, they got blown out. By the team power rated number 32 in the league. Ty God, he was back. 21 really? of 33, 291, two touchdowns, 8.8. You, like, you and I like Tyrod Taylor, yep. so that, that's not a surprise. I think that you know the Jaguars cannot run the ball, and they're not going to be able to run the ball against the Broncos front, front seven either. So I actually agree with this adjustment to six. Yep, I would completely agree with that. San Francisco, <laughs> or well, we won't go to that one. Let's go to Buffalo, Miami. You don't want to skip ahead. How about Buffalo? So they open on a look ahead, three and a three point favorite on the road against Miami Dolphins with a total of 48 and a half. Now we're looking at three and a half with a total of 47 and a half. But I was at the Westgate Superbook today joking around with Adam Hill, the Las Vegas Tribune Journal. That was 2018, 2019 Josh Allen out there today. Mm-hmm. Putting the ball on the turf, was inaccurate with some of the passes downfield, doesn't play the Steelers well. You don't see a massive adjustment here. And the Dolphins, beneficiary of a fumble from Damian Harris, who looked like the Patriots were on their way into the end zone to cover that spread, ultimately not the case. Terrible play call. Yeah. I was watching that game, and uh, the Patriots had had a rhythm in the passing game, and then there were holes they were exploiting. Mac Jones was moving the ball through the air. They had first and goal at the or first down at the eleven, and I said, "Don't run the ball here, and especially don't hand it to Damian Harris because he just asked to come out of the game. He yeah. just begged out because he was tired. When a guy is exhausted like that, you don't hand them the ball down there near the goal line in critical situations." Keep throwing the ball, throw to the tight ends, uh, hit those soft spots over the middle. What's Josh McDaniels do from the 11-yard line on first down? Runs up the middle, they cough it up, fumble, and lose the game. That was was a horrible play call. You have to understand situational uh, football and uh, get a get a feel for the rhythm of play calling. But uh, that much aside, I thought the Dolphins looked okay today. Tua made some decent throws. 
defensively, uh, the Dolphins were pretty sound. I was a little bit surprised that uh, the Patriots didn't hit for more big plays. Dolphins won that game 17-16, low scoring as predicted. I do think some people are going to overreact to what happened with the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Bills are not as bad as they look today. Josh Allen's not going to be as bad as he looked today. Oh, that was all about the matchup. Pittsburgh's really good defense. Pittsburgh's going to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Dolphins are probably not going to do the same thing to Josh Allen this week. I would expect the Bills to bounce back and look a lot better in week two. This is one of those games where I agree with the line being a three and a half because mm-hmm. the Bills losing in week one will probably bounce back and look a lot better. The Dolphins winning on the road in week one will probably regress and get beat by the Bills here in week two. So I'm okay with that number being a three and a half. Yeah, I got to point out a couple of things in Miami as you move forward here with the Dolphins. To your point about not being fooled by the Dolphins' performance here. Uh, first downs, lost that 24 to 16. Gave up 11 to 16 on third down to the uh, New England Patriots. Outgained 393 to 259. 5.6 yards per play for the New England Patriots to five flat for the Miami Dolphins. But what goes in your favor? How about this? Four times the Patriots today put the ball on the turf. Two of them, mm-hmm. they were recovered by the Miami Dolphins. That kind of stuff right there when you're completely outplaying them in every statistical category, but you turn it over, that can't be the case. So I'll be looking to continue to kind of make my plays against the Dolphins, but I would agree, three and a half. The Bills are due for a little bit more of a bounce-back spot here. As you move on to the San Francisco 49ers the Philadelphia Eagles. Now I have to watch this Eagles game a little bit closely because I want to see how this offense really did look from a surface-level perspective. 32 points against the Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta Falcons today, 27-35 to 35 for Jalen Hurst, three touchdowns. That's pretty interesting for multiple reasons, mainly because this 49ers defensive backfield really banged up now. For right now, uh, it looks like he is going to miss time, if not the rest of the season. San Francisco on the look ahead was three and a half point favorite with a total of 46 and a half. Now we're talking about three flat with a total of 48, but this is a thin secondary humans that almost allowed the Lions to get back in this game today. Actually, they did allow them to get back in this game today. Almost allowed the Lions to force overtime. Yep. Down 24 with two minutes to go, cut it to eight and was uh, driving to uh, tie the game. Uh, I think you have to be somewhat impressed with the Eagles, even though we didn't expect a lot from the Falcons' defense. 434 yards, mm-hmm. 6.5 yards per play, and Jalen Hurts looked uh, the best I've ever seen him in the NFL today. He did it through the air, did it on the ground. Is that the Jalen Hurts you're going to see every week? No. Uh, but he looked pretty good today. I think the, uh, the Niners playing back-to-back road games, this might be a spot where the Eagles could uh, catch them and upset them, but I, I do believe the public is going to love the Niners here as three-point favorites. You're going to remember that they were up 24 points with two minutes to go and not remember that you know they, they let the Lions in the back door. I think, I think the Niners are going to be a popular public play here. Yeah, if, they, I, if I'm looking to play the dog, I'd want to get three and a hook. Too. Yeah, Philly is definitely on the short list for me right now. Uh, again, playing against the, the 49ers, the, the injuries in that, to, in especially the cornerback room, really big mm-hmm. deal. And that was already a weak defensive backfield to begin with. All right, we haven't seen the Raiders yet, but we did see the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really quick, we want to touch on this, humans, because you talk about, again, not overreacting. Pittsburgh on the look at five and a half with a total of 49. We'll see what the Raiders look like, but right now they're up to six with a total of 48 and a half. Do not be deceived. Mm-hmm. That offense was not good today for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Ben Roethlisberger was no good himself. Steelers got outgained by about 120 yards. Yep. I think they were outrushed by 45 got yards. A special teams touchdown. Yeah, the special teams touchdown really turns the game. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a big difference. And the fact that Josh Allen just wasn't that good today. But this could be one of the – I saw Chris Andrews, South Point Sportsbook director, tweet, the uh, demise of the Steelers greatly exaggerated. I – I actually think one of the biggest overreactions from week one could be, hey, the Steelers are going to be fine. (laughs) I don't think the Steelers look that good today. Even though I do like their defense, 
I think this uh, game against the Raiders could be could be um, it could be a situation where you could buy low here on the, or I would say sell high, right? Sell high on the Steelers because. Depending on how the Raiders look on Monday night, I might be looking to take the dog in this game. I think the Steelers might be inflated favorites. Yeah, and we'll see how they look, right? Because we could see the six disappear if the Raiders mm-hmm. actually pull it off, get a win over the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, not very good for Pittsburgh today. Najee Harris, 16 carries, 45 yards, a 2.8 a pop. This offense needs some fixing. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to here on the opening line. Stuck to Vinny Mayula, the South Point Sportsbook. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season's underway, and starting this weekend, we added new talent, new shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. VSIN lineup is now 21 hours of live programming every weekday, as well as additional shows on the weekend. We're going to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. VSIN has added new personalities to our existing world-class team as well, including former professional athletes like Tim Murray, sports media veterans <laughs> like Tim Murray, and of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit VSIN.com to see our new lineup and meet our talent and make this your best football season ever. By the way, part of that new lineup, Matt Eumanns, Jonathan Von Tobel, we're here with you on the opening lines. The Edge is back as well. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock uh, Pacific, Pacific The Edge. All right, let's welcome in Vincent Vinny. Vinny Maiulo of the South Point Sportsbook. Vinny, it uh, was a good day to be a bookmaker. Underdogs in uh, week one so far, 11-4 and four <clears throat> against the spread with eight outright upsets. Yeah, uh, good to good to be with you guys. Uh, yeah, it was uh, no secret, guys. Uh, uh, there were the games uh, we we needed some sides today, and uh, the majority of them got there. I mean, we had a terrific morning. Uh, we uh, we actually needed the Bills, uh, but that was about the only game uh, that didn't go our way. Needed the Texans, uh, needed the Chargers, uh, the Eagles, and the Colts, and then the Bengals uh, really uh, solidified the morning. So. Uh, uh, you know, um, and then uh, the game, uh, actually the Lions game, uh, coming eight, uh, which uh, really uh, was uh, was uh, undecided right until the end. So yeah, there's no secret that it was uh, was a good day, but uh, you don't gloat about it. You just uh, you just stay focused and get ready for next week. You know, there's two things that betters typically do, guys, uh, in in and uh, out of week one. Betters typically overbet week one because they've been uh, anxious to, to have uh, football, NFL football in particular, and uh, they get to the window and they just uh, they just keep going at it, going at it, going at it. And then the other thing they do is uh, overreact, which is why I think uh, this show is going to be valuable to a lot of folks. And when you look at the numbers, and uh, that some of them may surprise uh, some folks. Yeah, Vinny, so I wonder from your perspective, what's the balance there, right? Because you, you, we know we don't want to overreact from certain performances. But we also know the public market is going to probably overreact to those performances. Case in point, we were talking about the fact yeah. that a look-ahead line for the Steelers in their next matchup against the Raiders on the look-ahead was hovering around like four. And now we're looking at sixes, even though I didn't think the Steelers were that impressive offensively against the Buffalo Bills. No, that's a good point, JVT. You know, but uh, you know, from our side of the counter, we do tend, you know, we'll, we'll do an, you know, we'll have an element uh, of anticipation and uh, and look at that. And of course, tomorrow's game is going to have a big impact on that, right? I think uh, I think right now you're probably looking at uh, number places uh, they have it. You, you're looking at the Steelers is probably about a six uh, six and a half point favorite. But if the Raiders come out and look very good tomorrow night. And uh, and win the game impressively, then uh, certainly then uh, they're going to get a lot of attention, especially here, right? I mean, 
re, you know, uh, bias here, regional bias, is certainly going to uh, tilt toward the Raiders. Raiders, uh, there were a lot of Raider fans uh, at the South Point today, and I would imagine that that was the case uh, around town today. So I think uh, the Raiders are getting a lot of uh, betting attention right now. In fact, we're at three and a half. I think there are threes out there, and I think uh, there's going to be a lot of support for the Raiders tomorrow, and uh, depending on how that game goes, that's going to impact the next uh, the next game in terms of uh, with the Steelers. Yeah, humans, I'm not one to fall victim to hyperbole, but having said that, it, it is pretty easy to look at everything we saw today and realize that Jameis Winston will throw 85 touchdowns this season. 85 touchdown passes and uh, barely throw for 1,000 yards. Yeah. <laughs> right. he, had 40, he had four TD passes and less than 100 yards passing yeah. at that point. Hey, uh, Vinny, yeah. I think one of the, one of the um, hot topics is going to be pretty obvious since the Packers and how Aaron Rodgers – Looked disinterested yeah. today, and the defense looked so bad for Green Bay. It was not just Rodgers. That defense looked bad. Packers get beat 38-3. to uh, The Saints, I don't think, are that good, and the Packers, obviously, not going to be that bad. But a week from Monday, Packers open as 10.5-point home favorites over the Lions. Uh, what's your read on uh, Green Bay after watching uh, that 35-point loss today? Yeah, good point, Matt. Good question. I, I mean, we did not see the real Green Bay today. I don't believe. Certainly, you did not see the uh, the real Aaron Rodgers. Let's remember this, guys. That the way, the reason from our side of the counter that Week One is so is, has such a high handle is, but the, the games have been up for four months. Well, they've been up for four months, and teams have been preparing for that opponent for four months. They've only got a week to prepare for the next opponent now. So I think that's going to come into play here, and that's why you don't want to overreact. Uh, I think that there's going to be a bounce back uh, by the Packers in this game. The, the Lions gave a tremendous effort today. I mean, they never quit. I give them credit there. Uh, but I also think that the, the Niners made some ridiculous mistakes. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, in the last uh, you know five minutes of that game, you know, I mean, you have to know where you're at on the field. You have to know the game situation and things like that. So uh, again, I think they'll correct that. I don't think that the Lions will be as spirited. And I think that the, the Packers, who looked absolutely awful today, no doubt about it. Um, I think uh, you know what I, I, I think. I, I hate to say, it, you know, pro teams typically don't look ahead, and I'm not saying that the uh, the Packers were looking. At it. They, they did seem disinterested, which I think is surprising to a lot of people. There were a lot of Packer fans in Jacksonville. We all know that Packer fans travel well, uh, but the team uh, was was absolutely just completely out of sync. I look for them to rebound here. I know this. Packers are going to be bet very, very heavily next week, especially with the game being on Monday night. Everything is going to be going to them, and they'll be in every parlay and every teaser for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of instances any rate where you don't want the pendulum to swing too far in the other direction. You know, I think a good example, humans and I were talking about Houston and Jacksonville. The market was really high on Jacksonville. They were a three-point favorite on the road. They get absolutely blasted. And then now next week, they're back at home. They're a six-point underdog after being a three-point favorite on the road in week one. And you also have an instance where Tennessee defense looked as bad as they possibly could against Arizona, and now they go in the look-ahead line from a three-and-a-half-point underdog to a nearly six-point underdog on the road against Seattle. Yeah, great point, JVT. Look at the, uh, the Jags here. Let's let's face it. Uh, these Broncos, they, their defense is, is terrific. I don't think the Giants look particularly good today, but I think the Broncos had a lot to do with that. Um, and again, the Jags, everybody was so down. Let's think about this, guys. In that division, uh, the, the Houston Texans are 1-0, and and everybody else is 0-1. I mean, if you would have you asked me what was the price, because they were, they were such a big uh, underdog in terms of the, winning the division. Uh, but the Jags now, I mean, they, they, they're, they're back down. They're going to uh, get a dose of reality, and they're going to face a much better 
defense here in the Broncos. So you'll see this game probably go through six. And again, the Broncos will be a very popular teaser next week. Um, as far as uh, Tennessee, you know, one of the things that we're going to look at is, and, and again, I'm going to, this may sound a little contradictory, not overreact, but you've got to look and say, well, did we really think that we, is this team is as good or as bad as we thought? Um, I think Tennessee's got some concerns, particularly uh, on their offensive line, not just their defense. And when, when you look at, the, at that team going up against Seattle, who had a terrific uh, game today uh, on the road, and now they go back home, one of the true and stronger home field advantages in the NFL, I mean, which, which we talked about uh, oftentimes, you know, the, uh, the NFL doesn't have as, as much of a home field advantage uh, as college does, but the Seahawks do have a home field advantage. And unless Tennessee gets that offensive line sorted out, they're going to have all kinds of problems against uh, Seattle. Follow him on Twitter at VSINVinny, Vinny Maiulo, Gone Gaming, VSIN Oddsmaker. Right, let's, uh, by the way, the Cardinals crushed the Titans 38 to 13 today with Kyler Murray passing uh, for four touchdowns. I think the Cardinals were the sharp side in that as well. You could tell by the line move. Vinny, uh, let's wrap it up here with Monday Night Football. We got the uh, Ravens and the Raiders. Where did you open this number way back? Because. Uh, I think there was uh, there were opportunities to get six at some spots with the Raiders. We're now seeing three and a half and four. And we have a report today that Raiders running back Josh Jacobs has an illness and he's questionable to play Monday night. Yeah, Matt, uh, this is a game where we opened four and a half, and it uh, it went back and forth between four and four and a half. But once all the injuries came out last Wednesday, I believe it was for the Ravens, we kind of got ahead of things and went to three and a half, and it was still. Taking uh, taking the Raiders there, and again, everything was uh, is going to the Raiders right now. As of now, we still we're still going to need uh, we're going to need the Ravens in this one. Uh, but I don't, you know, did Josh Jacobs? So now you, you start looking at this game, Matt, and you're wondering, hey, is there going to be a lot more uh, action uh, on the over? Which we know that the public loves to bet the over to begin with. Uh, I think now the fact that it looks like. Both teams' running games may be compromised a bit because mm-hmm. of injuries. Um, you may see this ball in the air a lot more, and uh, the total is going to go higher uh, and through fifty and fifty-one in all likelihood. So uh, we're going to need uh, we're going to need the Ravens in this one. And uh, I think uh, when you're looking at this game now at uh, three or three and a half, depending on where you go, and we don't uh, we don't move the money on three. So uh, that's I think what you're going to see. But right now, books are going to need. Uh, as of now, the Ravens, and I think that's going to continue right through tomorrow. Well, Vinny, of course, referencing the fact that juice is not altered here at the South Point when it comes to that. So you won't see three minus 120 here, always three minus 110 both sides. Vin, we're up against it, but thank you very much for the time, sir. Appreciate it. Good job, guys. Always good to be with you. Yeah, you got it. Avis and Vinny up on Twitter. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, Cardinals game on the other side because, you know, we talk about overreacting and underreacting, right? Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of there, there were a couple of examples for me, humans, today where, like, my priors, right, coming in, I was like, I, I don't know if I like this Titan secondary. I don't know if I like this pastor. So I think it's non-existent. And sure enough, you see it completely struggle today against the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. So to what degree you want to take what you just saw, right, moving uh, forward? I would think after you watch today's game, you're ready for a, a Cardinals Texans Super Bowl. <laughs> huh? Well, I think the Texans is in first place in the AFC South, but clearly the best Texans might run away with the AFC Titans South. Titans Seahawks on the other side. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. 
This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Opening Lines with John Zavon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, wrapping up the first hour here on the opening lines of Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Eumanns alongside. So we're going to get to college football, but I wanted to clean up one small tease that I was uh, kind of looking forward to, and that was the Tennessee Titans-Seattle Seahawks game, right? Because, you know, we all have our priors, right? Our prior beliefs heading into a season. I think X about Team Y, and so let's see if it comes out and comes to sure. fruition in these games. And sure enough, for me, one of the things that I believe, and there were many things I believed, uh, but one of them was the Tennessee Titans defensively, especially on the back end, were not going to be very good. I mm-hmm. thought there was going to be a lot of issues for the Tennessee Titans when it came to their secondary. And today, Matt Humans, oh boy, did that come to fruition. Kyler Murray, 21 to 32, 289, four touchdowns, nine yards per attempt through the air. The Arizona Cardinals as a whole today, 416 yards, 6.2 yards per play. So now I have to battle with. Yeah, I was right. (laughs) The secondary doesn't look very good, but it was one game against a team that plays a little bit more of a spread out kind of style. But I I use this to go forward and think. You know, I think that these two, Seattle and Tennessee, might be playing a higher scoring game. Look ahead total was 51 and a half. Sure enough, market reopens at 53. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at this a little bit differently because I thought the Titans were going to be down coming into the season. And what happened today, I guess, didn't really surprise me all that much. I, I'm going to look at it from a Cardinals perspective, though, because 
a lot of people, and I think there was a lot to be impressed by with the Arizona Cardinals today. Mm-hmm. First of all, Kyler Murray in that offense can be explosive. They've got all kinds of playmakers on that offense, and they have improved the offensive line. I like a lot about Arizona offensively. The defense looked better. The Arizona defense looked a lot better today. But I think one of the overreactions coming out of week one is going to be, hey, watch out for the Cardinals. Yep. And the Vikings lose on the road to the Bengals, a bad Bengals team in overtime. And now all of a sudden the Cardinals are four-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Vikings in week two. This might be a spot where you buy on the Vikings. Yeah, yeah I would agree. Yeah. So we'll see if this move forward because I was not as high on the Arizona Cardinals, and maybe the matchup just worked out really well for them. So I think it did. I think you're right. It was a really good matchup for the Cardinals yeah. to exploit that Tennessee defense, and now it might be a different story against the Minnesota defense, and especially – uh, if you're betting the Vikings here, I think you're getting a, a ticked-off coach off a loss. Yeah, Mike, Mike, yeah. Zimmer did, yeah. <laughs> Mike Zimmer was not happy about yeah. that loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. So with that, we'll, we'll wrap up week two in the National Football League, go through every single line the opening numbers. We do have college football to look ahead to, right? Dan Saley's going to be with us in the second hour. College football handicap will get his place uh, on these openers that were over at Circa early this morning about 11 a.m. Pacific time. But let's start with the headliner of this coming week of college football action, Matt Humans. That would be Alabama taking on Florida. This is a pretty fascinating game. Because uh, Alabama, of course, looks to be every bit of the powerhouse we expected mm-hmm. them to be. The opener, 15, with a total of 54 and a half. We've seen moves on this number, have we not? We have. In fact, I was on the app when Circa opened these numbers at 11 o'clock this morning. And it opened Alabama 15. A couple hours later, it was down to 13 and a half, which I thought, wow, that's maybe a little bit of an overreaction. I would lay that 13 and a half with Bama. Now we're seeing 16. Yeah. I made numbers on several college football games last night. Not to say that my numbers are uh, going to be more accurate than Circa's, but I made this number 16 and a half. So now I think it's back where it should be. I, th- I thought this number would be 16 and a half or 17. Uh, the Florida Gators have had uh, inconsistent quarterback play. Let's yep. put it that way. Emory Jones has not really played very well here in the first couple weeks. I think Dan Mullen's got a decision to make a quarterback heading into this game. I thought the Gators might be live in the swap before the season when I looked at this matchup. And then you watch Alabama in week one, and you think, yeah, I really don't want to bet against Bama. So you've always got to inflate the Bama lines a little bit to to make the, make the dog players – uh, make it a little bit more attractive for the dog players to jump in on that side because the public's not going to bet against Bama. When, and uh, so, so I think you could end up seeing 17 in this game. But like I said, I made the number 16 and a half. And that's why I wasn't entirely surprised. I think when you talk about that like shade a little bit toward the Alabama side, mm-hmm. you know, a number that odds makers might set at like uh, 14 potentially or 13 and a half, you're going to see them open 15 because mm-hmm. you want to set it at that number where you wouldn't attract uh, the usual person to come in to lay that under a key number. Which is what Sturka did by opening 15. Yep, exactly. Yeah. To protect yourself a little bit. But I'm with with you, the, the one thing that sticks out to me in this matchup, this is the best version of Alabama defensively. Now, I shouldn't even say that we've seen in a while, but this is one of the more elite defenses we've seen in the last few years. Right, so much right. returning talent. They are so freaking good. And now you get already coming out of Saturday stories about what are they going to do a quarterback with Emory Jones? Dan Mullen's already had to come out and say he's our guy going forward. <laughs> but when you're throwing four interceptions against the likes of USF and FAU, this is a completely a different animal. Yep, against a team like Alabama. And especially when you in. have a younger quarterback who's playing better. Yeah, exactly. Than Emory Jones. So Dan Mullen's got to say that to instill confidence in his quarterback. He's thinking something different, I can tell you. I can guarantee you that right now. You're right. So you'll see two quarterbacks play for the Gators in this game. And uh, right now, Circa back to uh, Alabama 16 after opening 15, dropping to 13 and a half. And um, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see 17 on this game by Saturday. So let's go to another uh, the other headliner here, and uh, I know everybody would be looking forward to it. It also involves an SEC team. Auburn is going to hit the road, mm-hmm. take on Penn State. Penn State opens as a seven-point favorite with a total of 56.5. If I remember correctly, I'll double-check on my screen here. I think the initial move was toward uh, the visiting team, and we are underneath that seven at 6.5 with a total of 53.5. We haven't seen much uh, from Auburn through this early part. We just watched them shellac their opponents 62 to nothing. Uh, that was, uh, what, Alcorn State and then Akron, or I think it was Akron, right, in week one. Um, we haven't seen much from Auburn. We have seen quite a bit from Penn State in that week one matchup with Wisconsin. Are you surprised that this number went off of the key number seven and underneath it? Uh, not at all. In fact, um, <clears throat> Auburn bombed Akron 60 to 10, and then Alabama State, the Hornets, Alabama State, thank you. Uh, 62 to 0. So 122 to 10 so far for Brian Harson and the Tigers. Obviously, they've played uh, it's about a week. Uh, schedule as anybody in college football to this point, so we're not sure exactly how good Auburn is. I thought this number would open six. That was the number I made last night. Circa opened seven. It dropped to five. Now it's sitting at six and a half, so I think that's the right number. I'm not big on Bo Nix, so this is a pretty good test because I, I do think the Penn State defense is legitimate. I think and Bo Nix has not been very good on the road. Yep. Uh, he's a guy who's performed at a much higher level at home than on the road, so maybe this is a spot where the Penn State defense can rattle him. And I think the Nittany Lions look pretty good. They, they got a little bit of a fluke win at Wisconsin in week one. If you looked at the box score, you would have scratched your head and said, how did Penn State win this game? And Graham Mertz didn't play at a high level for Wisconsin, the quarterback. Uh, I thought Nittany Lions looked a lot better in blowing out Ball State over the weekend, but they're off to a pretty good 2-0 and start, and we just don't know about Auburn, and we mm-hmm. don't know about Bo Nix on the road, so I think it's fair to make uh, Penn State a six, six-and-a-half point favorite. At a full seven, I could see uh, betters taking a seven with uh, Auburn. So unlike this week, I think there's a lot of fascinating games for week three college football. Uh, I will give you the floor before I go anywhere else. Uh, game at the top of your list that has stuck out to you from an open or a line move perspective over the Circa opener. Well, I think we talked about it because yeah. I, I had that um, – I had that Alabama-Florida game on my radar here for uh, a couple months, actually. But uh, I like to look at the West Coast games, too, uh, because I'm typically stronger handicapping the Mountain West, Pac-12, things like that. And I think Fresno State-UCLA is going to be a really intriguing game on the West Coast because uh, Fresno State was more impressive in its loss at Oregon than it was in either of its two victories Mm -hmm. uh, because those were against weak opponents, UConn. And then uh, over the weekend, Fresno State blew out uh, Cal Poly. Mm -hmm. So... Fresno State really proved nothing in the two wins, but did prove a lot in the uh, in the 31-24 loss at Oregon with a fourth-quarter lead against the Ducks, and that was a Ducks team that was closer to full strength. The Ducks were missing several key players when they went to Columbus and knocked off Ohio State over the weekend. Uh, I, I like Fresno, and in fact, the last time Fresno went to the Rose Bowl in Chip Kelly's first year, they bombed the Bruins 38-14. to Yeah. Uh, so... To me, this is a fascinating matchup. I think one of the things, you don't want to be a hot team and have a bye week. And UCLA had those two wins over Hawaii and LSU and then had a bye. That can disrupt your rhythm. You can come out of the bye a little bit flat. So I did make UCLA a 10-point favorite in this game. It opened 11, dropped to 9. It's back to 10. I think the 10 is the right number, but... Uh, at, that, at that number, I am going to give the dog a serious look here because I think Fresno State's legit. And a notable move in that game as well, the total. Total opened up at circa 66. We're down to 61 yes. on the market yeah. for that as well. So we've seen that move in that direction. Uh, really quickly, all right, if you want to talk about West Coast uh, football, which, by the way, 7.45 p.m. Pacific time kick for that. That is absolutely amazing on a Saturday night. Arizona State and BYU. This is going down in Provo. What do we make of this? Arizona State, uh, I 
feisty UNLV team they had to deal with. Failed to cover in that one. Got a 37-10 to 10 win. Now you get to take on BYU in this spot. Two and a half point favor right now. BYU took care of business on the Holy War, 26-17. to 17. And now you get an Arizona State Club coming off of an inflated number and a failed cover. Well, it's a fascinating game to handicap, and I'm writing this one up for Point Spread Weekly. I was working on it uh, this, this morning. And uh, if you would think there's ever a flat spot, it's here for BYU. If there's a hangover after the party, yep. uh, BYU would be in a bet against spot this week after stopping a nine-game losing streak to Utah. You saw Kalani Sataki, the coach, going wild on the sideline. The fans storming the field. This is a situation where you would typically want to fade BYU. But I saw a lot of negative things in Arizona State's 37-10 win over UNLV. First of all, the Rebels didn't get any offense whatsoever in the second half. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were a joke. They looked like a bad high school team. They're a poorly coached team anyway. Uh, terrible quarterback play. And Arizona State had trouble pulling away in that game. Also, I'll talk about this more in depth later in the week when we, we break down the Sun Devils. I think Jaden Daniels is taking steps back. He's regressing. And I'm not sure why, but I don't like him nearly as much as I did a year or two ago. And I think that it's going to be tough for me to make the Sun Devils road favorites in this matchup of Provo. Right now, I think BYU is a better football team. The problem is when you're handicapping the situation, JVT, you're talking about a team in a flat spot. Dan Sale is going to be with us in 30 minutes as we wrap up the college football slate with Dan. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.